Welcome everyone to this gathering. This is, uh, this is, I'll say a little bit about what I'm going to do and then I'm going to jump right into it. In the past, we've had some similar gatherings which are called a maqra, a gathering of reading a particular text. Uh, we've done them before in the past for different events such as uh, the night of Isra and Mi'raj um, and others. And you can find old recordings on the SoundCloud account for the majlis, there's a playlist for uh, these type of gatherings. And so the idea is really to um, take an opportunity to read a little bit from a text about the night of Nisf Shaban, later to Nisf Shaban, the, the, the night of the middle of Shaban or mid Shaban, and some of its merits and to understand what the different scholars said about this uh, evening and why it matters and what the Prophet them said and so on. So um, <clears throat> I jump right in. We're reading this section. I've taken pieces from the section on Sha'ban from a book called Lata'if al-Ma'arif, Lata'if al-Ma'arif by Ibn Rajab and Hanbali. So Lata'if al-Ma'arif is kind of hard to translate. It's like the, the nice subtle points related to knowledge uh, that are connected to the different times and months and days during the year. And so for each different, you know, Muharram, for Shaban, for Shawal, for Ramadan, he has different sections. It's quite a famous book in the uh, Islamic library. Uh, because of its usefulness and also because of the imama of Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, because of the status of Ibn Rajab uh, in terms of his knowledge in the religion. He's one of the uh, most respected scholars of the Hanbali school and um, wrote many, many wonderful works, beautiful works. So uh, saying all that, we'll jump right in. I'm going to do a lot of reading, inshallah, and very little commenting. And the idea, again, is to uh, do this together. Alhamdulillah, recently, uh, we were able to uh, listen to this text being read with a um, continuous chain of narration back to Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali from Fadid to Sheikh Yusuf Sadiq al-Hanbani. May Allah preserve him and increase him and give him good in this life and the next. And so uh, we read these sections. Uh, so he said, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, فَأَمَّا صِيَامُ يَوْمِ النِّصْفِ مِنْهُ فَغَيْرُ مَنْهِيٌ عَنْهُ فَإِنَّهُ مِنْ جُمْلَةِ أَيَّامِ الْبِيْضِ أَنْ غُرِّي الْمَنْدُوبِ إِلَى صِيَامِهَا مِنْ كُلِّ شَهْرِ Don't worry, I'll translate. وَقَدْ وَرَدَ الْأَمْرُ بِصِيَامِهِ مِنْ شَعْبَانِ بِخُصُوصِهِ فَفِي سُنَنِ بْنِ مَاجَةِ بِإِسْنَادٍ ضَعِيفٍ عَنْ فَقُومُوا لَيْلَهَا وَصُومُوا نَهَارَهَا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَنْزِلُ فِيهَا لِغُرُوبِ الشَّمْسِ إِلَى سَمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا فَيَقُولُ أَلَا مُسْتَغْفِرٌ لِي فَأَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ 
ala mustarziquni fa'arzuquhum fa'arzuquhum ala mubtalan fa'afiyahum ala kadha ala kadha hatta yatlu' al-fajr wa fi fadli laylati nisfi sha'ban ahadithu ukharu muta'addidatun wa qad ikhtalafa fiha faqad ikhtulifa fiha fada'afaha al-aktharun wa sahaha bin Habban ba'daha wa kharrajahu fi sahihi so he starts off by saying, and as for the night of the middle of Shaban, or, or as, I'm sorry, for as, as for uh, fasting on the day of mid-Shaban, so that would be tomorrow. Um, so he says that is not prohibited because it is from the white days anyways that are recommended for their fasting. We know that the Prophet ﷺ used to recommend the fasting of the white days in the middle of the month, right? And so clearly the night, the day of mid-Shaban would be in the middle of the month and fall on one of those odd days. So he says this day then uh, falls into that category. And specifically, there's a command towards its fasting that's narrated in the Sunan of Ibn Majah, one of the major hadith texts, with a weak chain of narration. An Ali, an, from, from Ali, from the Prophet Notably here, just to, again, I don't want to make too much comment, but note that he specifically says there is something that's narrated about the merit of its fasting, and its narration has a weak chain of transmission, and yet he still mentions it. Okay, so, uh, you know, this is, the details of that can be worked out in other places, but just note that he does that. Where the Prophet them said, if the middle night of Sha'ban comes, then stand in its night and fast during its day. Because Allah, the exalted, descends in it from the time of uh, the sunset until, uh, from the time of sunset to the lowest heavens. And he says, is there anyone who is asking forgiveness so that I may forgive him? Is there anyone asking for sustenance so that I may give them sustenance? Is there anyone who's going through a difficulty so that I may aid them? Is there anyone like this? Is there anyone like this until the time when Fajr rises? And there are other, he says, he continues, and there are other uh, hadith, other hadiths that indicate the merits of the night of the middle of Shaban. Uh, and they are disputed in terms of their reliability. Most of the scholars consider them to be weak. And Ibn Hibban uh, considered some of them to be reliable, and he mentioned them in his collection of Sahih Hadith. ومن أمثلها حديث عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت فقدت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فخرجت فإذا هو بالبقيع رافع رأسه إلى السماء فقال أكنت تخافين أن يحيف الله عليك ورسوله فقلت يا رسول الله ظننت أنك أتيت بعض نسائك فقال إن الله تبارك وتعالى ينزل ليلة النصف من شعبان إلى سماء الدنيا فيغفر لأكثر من عدد شعر غنمي كلب خرجه الإمام أحمد والترمذي وابن ماجة وذكر الترمذي عن البخاري أنه ضعفه So in this narration is he says interestingly he opens this one by saying ومن أمثنها So now he's referring to the narrations that he mentioned about the merit of this night of the middle of شعبان and he says, and women amthaniha, which is kind of like, uh, and from those narrations which are the most worthy of acting upon or, or paying attention to, is the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, where she said, 
I was looking for the Prophet Basically, it was nighttime and she didn't find him, and it was her night. As you know, the Prophet would spend the night with different of his wives. You know, each one would have their night. So it was Aisha's night, anha, and she didn't find the Prophet. So I went out to Baqir, to the graveyard next to the Masjid Nabawi, and I found him with his head lifted to the sky. And then he said, Did you think that Allah and his messenger? were going to uh, do you wrong, basically. And she said, Ya Rasulullah, I thought that maybe you went to another one of your wives. And he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, glorified and exalted is he, descends to the uh, on the night of the middle of Sha'ban to the lowest part of the heavens. And he forgives more than the number of hairs on the sheep of Kelb, of this, of this tribe. Uh, and this was narrated by Imam Ahmed in Tirmidhi ibn Majah. And Tirmidhi mentioned that Al-Bukhari considered it to be weak. وَخَرَّجَ بِنُ مَاجَةً مِنْ حَدِيثِ أَبِي مُوسَى عَنَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَيَطَّنِعُوا لَيْلَةَ النُّصْفِ مِنْ شَعْبَانِ فَيَغْفِلُوا لِجَمِيعِ خَنْقِهِ إِلَّا لِمُشْرِكٍ أَوْ مُشَاحٍ This is now where we start to get to some of the points that are important for us to comment on. And Ibn Majah also narrated in a hadith from Abu Musa that the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, basically um, observes, I don't know the best word to translate this with, but يطلع, he, he observes uh, on, the, on the night of the middle of Sha'ban uh, and he uh, attends to the creation and he forgives from the creation uh, everyone except for someone who is a mushrik or someone who is mushahid, mushrik or mushahid. Mushrik being someone obviously who doesn't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and mushahin being someone who uh, basically has a, um, a dispute or a problem with someone else, you know, someone who has an unjustified dispute with someone else. So it's actually going to come a little bit of commentary on that. Well, uh, so it'll come later, I won't say anything now. وَخَرَجَ الْإِمَامْ أَحْمِدْ مِنْ حَدِيثِ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بِنْ عَمْرِ عَنَّ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَيَطَّنِعُ إِلَى خَنْقِهِ لَيْلَةَ النُّسْفِ مِنْ شَعْبَانَ فَيَغْفِرُ لِعِبَادِهِ إِلَّا اثْنَيْنِ مُشَاحٍ أَوْ قَاتِلُ نَفْسٍ So in another narration of Imam Ahmed from Abdullah bin Amr radiallahu anhu from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who said that Allah uh, again you know um, turns towards the creation on the night of the middle of Sha'ban and he forgives from his servants, everyone, except for two. And this time it mentions the one who has this problem, this um, uh, enmity between themselves and someone else, and the person who's a murderer, someone who's murdered someone else. Um, okay. Then Imam uh, Ibn Rajab, he says the following, ونقله عبد الرحمن ابن زيد بن أسلم عن فقهاء أهل المدينة وهو قول أصحاب مالك وغيرهم 
وقالوا ذلك كله بدعة واختلف علماء أهل الشام في صفة إحيائها على قولين so before I translate this, there's an important point to note is that generally speaking, you, when you want to know the actual fiqh position of a particular school or a particular, usually you know them from the schools, you look to the works of that school. So Ibn Rajab is a Hanbali, Ibn Rajab is going to do his best to bring the different opinions and so on and so forth. But if someone really wanted to be particular about what did each individual say, what did each madhab say, then they would really need to check that and go to the books of the madhab. But nonetheless, the way that Ibn Rajab uh, mentions the material enables us to be able to at least understand a little bit of the difference of opinion that exists around it and the, histori- the history of that. And, uh, and so it gives us a flavor. But if you want to really, really uh, be particular, then you have to go and check. So like here, he says, and that's what some of the some of the ashab Malik said. So we would have to go actually to the books of Ma- the Maliki school and see what the, what did they actually say. So Ibn Rajab says the night of the middle of Shaban, some of the Tabi'un, the generation who met the Sahaba radiAllahu anhum, from Ahl Sham, from Sham like Palestine, Syria, Lebanon, Greater Sham, like Khalid ibn Mardan, Makhul, Nuqman ibn Amr, and Ghayd, and and others. These were from the the senior scholars of that region. In the, in the time of the people who met the companions of the Prophet right? So from, from this category of people in that region, there were those who uh, considered this to be a very important night, and they used to exert extra effort to make worship in the night. And it's from them that people took the benefit and the, uh, again, prioritization of this night. And it was said that some, it said, whenever it says, and it said, this means that uh, this passive form, it, it's sigat tadaif. It indicates like some level of weakness. But again, he'll mention it. And it is said that this was this reached them from uh, um, transmissions from previous scriptures. Uh, but it became known from them. And then when that happened, uh, there were differences regarding it from the different um, uh, the other scholars from other places differed in terms of how they're going to react to this piece of information. So some of them accepted it and agreed with them. And some of those were, for example, some of the worshippers from Basra uh, in Iraq. And then also, he says, most of the scholars from the Hijaz, you know, Mecca and Medina, then they did not like this practice. And he mentioned some of their names, Ata and others. Uh, Messages. Atta and Ibn Abi Mulaika, and then Abdurrahman Ibn Zaid Ibn Aslam, and some of the scholars of Medina also uh, mentioned this, and they, they considered it to be a, a blameworthy innovation and they didn't like his practice. Nonetheless, he says then after that, that from the scholars of Sham, there are two different opinions on how it should be observed, on how it should be observed. أَحَدُهُمَا أَنَّهُ يُسْتَحَبُّ أَحْيَاؤُهَا جَمَاعَةً فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ كَانَ خَالِدِ بِنْ مَعْدَانِ وَنَقْمَانِ بِنْ عَامِرِ وَغَيْرُهُمَا يَلْبَسُونَ فِيهَا أَحْسَنَ تِيَابِهِمْ وَيَتَبَخَّرُونَ وَيَكْتَحِلُونَ وَيَقُومُونَ فِي الْمَسْجِدِ لَيْلَتَهُمْ تِلْكِ ووافقهم إسحاق بن راهوي على ذلك وقال في قيامها في المساجد جماعة ليس ذلك ببدع نقله عنه حرب الكرماني في مسائله. So he says the first opinion is that it is recommended to stay up on that night and pray in congregation in the masjids. 
and Khalid ibn Ma'dan and Nuqman ibn Amr and others used to wear their finest clothes and they would use bukhur, you know, the nice smell, they would burn the nice smell and they would wear kuhl and they would, they would stand all night in the masjid praying. And Ishaq ibn Rahuay, who was one of the early Hadith scholars, also agreed with this opinion and he said that standing in the masjid in the nighttime uh, to pray in congregation on the night of the middle of Shaban is not a blameworthy innovation. And this was also, this was mentioned about him from Harb al-Kirmani. And the second opinion, Then Ibn Rajabi says the second opinion on what to do in the night from those people of Sham who were the ones who would observe it. Their second opinion is that it's disliked actually to congregate in the masajid for prayer and telling inspirational stories and making dua, but it's not disliked for a person to pray for themselves in their home. And this was the opinion of Al-Awza'i. Al-Awza'i was the imam of the people of Sham and their scholar and their faqih. He was, he was like a sahib madhab, the way that Malik, Abu Hanifa, Shafi'i, and so on were. Al-Awza'i was like that in Sham. But his method, his, the, the, the recording of the madhab didn't reach us in the same way that the other ones did. So this is the second opinion. First opinion is, you pray in the masjid, you wear your nice clothes, you spend all night in worship. Second opinion is, you don't come, it's disliked to do that in the masjid, but it's not disliked to do that in your own home. So Ibn Rajab says it's also narrated, again the past tense, it's narrated from Umar ibn Abdul Aziz that he wrote to his governor in Basra and he told them there's four nights you have to pay attention to in the year because in these nights Allah basically dumps mercy onto the creation. The first of those is the first night of Rajab. The second one is the midnight, the, the night of the middle of Shaban. The third one is the night of Fitr, Eid al-Fitr, and the fourth one is the night of Eid al-Adha. And then he says after it, Ibn Rajab says, and in its attribution to Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, there's a little bit of um, question. There's some questionability in terms of its the, the reliability of its attribution to him. But notice he still mentions it. So, you know, these are all these things are coming together to show that there's different perspectives on this. وقال الشافعي بلغنا أن الدعاء يستجاب في خمس ليال ليلة الجمعة والعيدين وأول وأول رجب ونصف شعبان قال واستحب كل ما حكيت حكيت في هذه الليالي ولا يعرف للإمام أحمد كلام في ليلة نصف شعبان ويخرج في استحباب قيامها عنه روايتان من الروايتين عنه في قيام ليلة العيد فإنه في رواية لم لم يستحب قيامها جماعة فإنه لأنه لم ينقل عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وأصحابه واستحبها في رواية لفعل عبد الرحمن بن يزيد بن الأسود لذلك وهو من التابعين فكذلك قيام ليلة نصف من شعبان لم يثبت فيها شيء عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا عن أصحابه وثبت فيها عن طائفة من التابعين من أعيان فقهاء أهل الشام so now he says, and, the, and Imam al-Shafi'i said the following. Imam al-Shafi'i said, it reached us that dua is answered on five nights. 
Dua is answered on five nights. First night is the night of Jumu'ah, which happens to also be tonight, right? First night is the night of Jumu'ah, which also happens to be tonight. Also the two nights of Eid, the two nights of Eid, and the first night of Rajab, and the night of the middle of Shaban. And he said, uh, and, and so like this is something, it's, it's good to do worship in these nights. It's good to focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these nights. And... Um, to really, um, you know, do that and, and not do anything else and to make dua and to ask Allah for forgiveness and so on and so forth. All of those things are praiseworthy in this night. Then Ibn Rajab continues. I remember he's a Hanbali, so now he gets, this is an interesting point. He says, and it's not known from Imam Ahmed any, any, that he said anything about the night of the middle of Shaban. But you can do takhrij. Takhrij is in brief, like the first 200 years of the ulama. They were the mujtahidun mutlaq, mujtahid mutlaq generation. They went to the Quran and Sunnah. They had their principles. They derived their rulings. 200 years after that, roughly, is the mujtahid muntasib generations, people who were at a very high level of scholarship, but they associated themselves with particular madhabs. And they might have some differences here and there, but for the most part, they followed the imam. Then after that period comes the people, if you're a mujtahid after that period, you're a mujtahid in the madhab. And if you're dealing with a new issue or if you're dealing with an issue that the imam doesn't have a particular statement on, then you look to the statements of the imam and you try to understand their reasoning and their philosophy and so on. And you use those to come to conclusions on new situations. This is essentially what takhrij is. So uh, he says, uh, you can do takhrij and find that there's a... um, recommendation to praying in this night uh, based on two things that are attributed to Imam Ahmed. The first, first narration to him is that um, uh, he did not, he did not, as regards to praying on the night of Eid, he did not recommend that it should be done in congregation because that wasn't done by the Prophet them or the companions. This is first narration. Second narration is uh, but he recommended praying it in another narration, uh, seemingly by oneself, uh, because that was the action of Abdurrahman ibn Yazid ibn al-Aswad, who was from the scholars of the Tabi'een. And so basically what it's saying here is now you have these two narrations, and these are about the night of Eid. They're not about the night of the middle of Shaban. But then he says, so this is, he says, and this is similar to the situation of praying in the night of the middle of Shaban. Uh, it, it's not there from the practice of the Prophet them, or from his Sahaba, but it is there from some of the Tabi'een that they did this, and they were the great scholars of the Tabi'een, not just anyone from the Tabi'een. So because of this, he's kind of indicating that there can be some recommendation to pray in this night. So he says, uh, he says, and it's narrated from Kaab that he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the night of the middle of Shaban, calls to, um, sends Jibreel to paradise, to Jannah. And, and Jibreel commands Jannah 
to beautify itself. And he says that Allah has freed in this night uh, more people, uh, like the amount of people basically freed from the fire, the amount of people of the stars in the sky, and all of the days and nights that will ever happen, and all of the leaves that are on, on the trees, and all of the weight of the mountains, and all of the number of like dusts and, and particles and sand in the creation. So he's saying tremendous amounts of people have been forgiven on this night, tremendous amounts of people have been uh, pardoned and, and saved from the hellfire on this night, and so paradise is being commanded to beautify itself on this night. SubhanAllah, that's pretty epic. وَرَوَى سَعِيدِ بِنْ مَنْصُورِ قَالَ حَدَّثَنَا أَبُوْ مَعْشَرَ عَنْ أَبِي حَازِمْ وَمُحَمَّدِ بِنْ قَيْسِ عَنْ عَطَى بِنْ يَسَارِ قَالَ مَا مِنْ لَيْلَةٍ بَعْدَ لَيْلَةٍ قَدْرِي أَفْضَلُ مِنْ لَيْلَةٍ نِصْفِ مِنْ شَعْبَانِ يَنْزِلُ اللَّهُ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا فَيَغْفِرُ لِعِبَادِهِ كُلِّهِمْ إِلَّا لِمُشْرِكٍ أَوْ مُشَاحِنٍ أَوْ قَاطِعِ رَحِمْ فَيَا مَنْ أُعْتِقَ فِيهَا مِنَ النَّارِ هَنِيئًا لَكَ هَذِهِ الْمِنْحَةَ الْجَسِيمَةُ وَيَا أَيُّهَا الْمَرْدُودُ فِيهَا جَبَرَ اللَّهُ مُصِيبَتَكَ فَإِنَّهَا مُصِيبَةٌ عَظِيمًا He says, Sa'id ibn Mansur narrated that he heard from uh, Abu Ma'ashar, from Abu Hazm, uh, and Muhammad ibn Qais from Ata ibn Yasar. Ata ibn Yasar is from the major scholars again of the Tabi'een. And he said that he's this is his statement that there is no night that is better uh, than the night of mid Sha'ban after the night of Laylatul Qadr. So basically saying Laylatul Qadr is number one, number two is the night of the middle of Sha'ban. Said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven in this night and he forgives all of his servants except for someone who associates partners with Allah or someone who has enmity with somebody else or somebody who breaks their family ties. Somebody who breaks their family ties. May Allah make us from those. May Allah make us from al-wasilun. Allahumma ameen in all of its and various different meanings of it. And then he says, so the one who is freed from the fire on this night, glad tidings to you from this great blessing. And the one who is rejected on this night, then may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, heal your, your difficulty because surely it is a difficult trial. It's a big loss to not benefit from this night. Okay. Yeah, we're getting close in case you're getting impatient. It's only been half an hour, but we're getting close. Spiru. This is, uh, it's worship too. Seeking knowledge is worship and reading from these books is worship and being connected to these these people uh, that came before us is worship. And in the mentioning of the righteous people, mercy descends. So, you know, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us patience in seeking knowledge and may he make us committed to seeking knowledge and may he write us from those who are students of knowledge. Allahumma ameen. فَيَنْبَغِي لِلْمُؤْمِنْ أَنْ يَتَفَرَّغَ فِي تِلْكَ اللَّيْلَةِ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَدُعَائِهِ بِغُفْرَانِ الذُّنُوبِ وَالسِّطْرِ الْعُيُوبِ وَتَفْرِيجُ الْقُرُوبِ وَأَنْ يُقَدِّمَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ التَّوْبَةَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَتُوبُ فِيهَا عَلَى مَنْ يَتُوبُ So here now he gives a specific advice. It's very important. You pay attention to this part. He gives a specific advice here. He says, so the believer on this night should dedicate their night to remembering Allah and to making dua and to be asking forgiveness for sins and the concealing of mistakes and the alleviating of difficulties. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. 
And that before all of that, they should precede all of that with asking Allah for forgiveness because it is, because it is a time wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will turn towards those who turn towards him. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us, Ya Rabbi. And then he gives more advice. كما في حديث ابن مسعود المتفق على صحته أنه سأل النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم أي الذنب أعظم قال أن تجعل لله ندا وهو خلقك قال ثم أي قال أن تقتل ولدك خشية أن يطعم معك قال ثم أي قال أن تزاني حليلة جارك فأنزل الله تعالى تصديق ذلك والذين لا يدعون مع الله إلها آخر ولا يقتلون النفس التي حرم الله إلا بالحق ولا يزنون in any case, uh, I'll translate. He says, so specifically the Muslim on this night must be careful to avoid the sins that get in between them and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is an understanding, right? Like it's not just which sins are there, which thing, but there's specific sins. If I do them, they're going to get between me and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the accepting of my dua on this night. So what are those things? He says, number one is shirk. Number two is murder. Number three is zina. Number three is zina. These are the three greatest sins as mentioned in the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud that is authentic where he asked the Prophet وسلم, what sin is the greatest? And he said uh, to associate a partner with Allah and he created you. He said then what? He said to, to kill your child out of fear that it will uh, be feeding with you in the sense that like you're going to have to worry about its sustenance and stuff. He said then what? He said then uh, to commit zina, to have a... Um, adulterous relationship with the, the spouse of your neighbor, specifically the spouse of your neighbor. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala confirmed that by revealing the verse that says, as for those who do not call, do not associate partners with Allah, and they don't kill anybody except with do right, and they don't commit zina, then those, those ones are praised. Those are the ones that receive uh, praise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is then uh, that category that these things in particular we have to be very careful of because they will get in the way of our du'a being accepted. from the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ash-shahna. Now we get into what does this mean? Al-mushahid, the shahna. And it is to have hatred for your Muslim brother uh, out of base desires. There's not any purpose behind it. You just hate the person. 
you know, I just hate this person. And that, uh, he says, and that is also a prohibitor from the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in other times when forgiveness is, uh, pre is, is, uh, is abundant. For example, the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that says that the doors of paradise are opened on, the, on Monday and Thursday. And each person uh, is forgiven except for the one who associates partners with Allah and the one who between them and their brother is shahna, is this uh, hatred. And it is said about them, leave these two until they solve their problem, meaning don't forgive them. This hadith is also the hadith why the Prophet said that he loves to fast on Monday and Thursday and other narrations, because on this day is a day when the deeds are lifted, the deeds are raised, and there's forgiveness on that day, and he wants that he'll be fasting when that happens. Sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. So now he gets also, this is a little bit of an advice. Uh, بأنهم يقولوا ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم. So he says رضي الله تعالى عنه. Basically, he he puts this into two categories. He says the best of deeds then is to have a cleanliness of heart, have nothing in the heart uh, against other people. And the best type of cleanliness is to be clean, cleaned of all of this hatred and so on. Uh, uh, the, 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 there's a certain type of hatred in the heart that will lead to, actually, subhanAllah, it's interesting. So there's a certain type of hatred in the heart that will uh, that is in the hearts of those who follow their desires that leads to them basically throwing shade at the earlier Muslims and hating them and disliking them and causing doubt about them. And um, subhanAllah, he's kind of like referring to certain things, but today it went to mean other things, subhanAllah. Um, but basically this idea that like to think ill of all of the previous generations of Muslims is a very serious disease in the heart. Uh, there's a hatred in the heart. There's an enmity in the heart that leads to people having that in their hearts. So how can I, to look down and everybody like, you know, nobody understood this before. Nobody got this thing before. Nobody got this thing right. There was 1,000 years where everything was wrong. And then all of a sudden we figured it out like this. And all of these people, all, all of them, you know, and Noe and Ghazali and Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, all of these big, huge people and all of these different madhabs, all of them were off, but we're, we're on the right path type thing. There's a, there's a type of, uh, disrespect in the heart towards the previous generations uh, that's, that, that, that comes with that. So he says this is the best thing to actually get rid of is that, to, to get this out of your heart. And he says it also includes having a clear heart towards the generality of the Muslims and wanting good for them and wanting to give them sincere advice and loving for them what one loves for themselves. And this is, of course, now a major issue of the heart, right? So this is why he's spending a little bit extra time on it. One of the main things, like this is mentioned here, this is going to get in the way of forgiveness, right? 
the month of the middle of Shaban is the night of the middle of Shaban comes, people are forgiven. One of the things that gets in the way of the forgiveness is this issue in the heart. What is the month of Ramadan? It's a month of tremendous forgiveness, right? It's a month of tremendous pardon. So there's a there's a there's a, a working through some of the heart issues that's happening on this night in preparation, in a sense, uh, for the blessing of this night in and of itself, but also in preparation for the month of Ramadan that's coming, because we want our hearts to be ready, we want our heart to be cleansed from these type of things. You take take the time to wash it, to get rid of this hatred, to get rid of this enmity towards others, to 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 develop this love for people, to sit and kind of like try to nurture it. Try to imagine I'm nurturing the love in the heart for for other people. I'm wanting I'm wanting good for them. I'm wanting to pray for them. I'm wanting to, uh, you know, before I before I give them advice, I make dua for them. Before I um, even when I don't need to give them advice, I just make dua for them anyways. You know, all of these kind of things to really develop that in the heart. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says about the believers that they say, "Our Lord, forgive us and our brothers and sisters who came before us in iman." And do not make in our hearts any sort of enmity towards those who believe. Oh Allah, you are um, kind and merciful. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this, of course, is also emphasized in the famous hadith of the man who came upon the companions of the Prophet them, and the Prophet them, said about him, a man will enter from the people of Jannah. And they saw him and they tried to see what's going on with him. Um, you know, so it's uh, Abdullah bin Amr went to him and asked if he can stay with him a few days. And he stayed with him three nights and he looked at his deeds and so on and so forth. And he didn't see that he's doing a lot of special deeds. So he told him the situation and the guy said, Who am I to It's what you see. The companion said, It's what you see. Except that I go to bed at night and I don't have anything in my heart against any of the Muslims. Anything in my heart against any of the Muslims. And then Abdullah, he said, It is because of this that he reached, when he reached being called from the people of paradise. Allahumma <laughs> So in a narration from Abdullah bin Amr, he said, it was said to the Messenger of Allah, which from the people is best? And he said, every makhmum al-qalb, and every pun who's truthful in their tongue. They said, Ya Rasulullah, we know the truthful in the tongue. What is makhmum al-qalb? He said, it is the one who has taqwa and the one who is clean and pure and the one who has no sins and the one who doesn't oppress others and the one who has no hatred in their heart and they have no jealousy in their heart. This is the one. This is the best of people. This is the best of people. This is a matter of the heart, subhanAllah. And some of the early Muslims, they said, the best of deeds is a cleanliness of heart and a generosity of spirit and a sincere counsel to the ummah. And it is through these characteristics that those who reach elevated states with Allah reach them, not by putting in, uh, not because of the tremendous effort that they put in in their fasting and in their prayer. 
Then he says, "Ikhwani, ijtani bulzunub alati tahrimu al-abda maghfirat maulahu al-ghafar fi muasim al-rahmati wal-tawbati wal-istighfar." أما الشرك فإنه من يشرك بالله فقد حرم الله عليه الجنة ومأواه النار وما للظالمين من أنصار وأمن قتل فلو اجتمع, فلو اجتمع أهل السماوات وأهل الأرض على قتل رجل مسلم بغير حق لأكبهم الله جميعا في النار وأما الزنا فحذاري حذاري من التعرض لسخط جبار الخنف كلهم عبيد الله وإماؤه والله تعالى يغار لا أحد أغير من الله أن يزني عبده أو تزني أمته فمن, فمن أجل ذلك حرم الفواحش وأمر بغض الأبصار وأما الشحناء فيا من أضمر لأخيه السوء وقصر له الإضرار ولا تحسبن الله غافلا عما يعمل الظالمون إنما يؤخرهم ليوم تشخص فيه الأبصار يكفيك حرمان المغفرة في أوقات الأوزار So he says, my brothers and my sisters, stay away from the sins that will prevent the servant from the forgiveness of his Lord who is forgiving in the seasons of mercy and turning back in repentance and forgiveness. As for shirk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the one who associates partners with Allah, then Allah has made prohibited for them paradise. And their abode is the fire. And there is no helper for those oppressors, for the oppressors. And as for murder, if all of the people of all of the heavens and all of the earth came together to kill one Muslim with, without the right to do so, then Allah would throw all of them into the fire. And as for zina, then beware, beware of the anger of al-Jabbar of the compeller everyone in all of creation is the servant of allah male and female and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, has um uh like a protectedness over them and nobody has more of that feeling than allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in relation to one of his servants male or female committing zina and because of that he has prohibited all types of indecency and has commanded people to lower their gaze and as for shahna, then, O oh, you who uh, conceals inside themselves a uh, evilness towards their brother or their sister, and they want to harm them, then do not think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unaware of what the oppressors do. Rather, he delays them to a day wherein their eyes will be uh, like basically rolled back and, you know, it's a horrible day. And... Uh, and it's bad enough. Forget all of that, all of those punishments and everything else. It's bad enough. It's sufficient that one would be uh, prevented from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a time uh, when they need that mercy. Now the last piece is, uh, there's just two more pieces. وَقَدْ رُوِيَ عَنْ إِكْرَمَةَ وَغَيْرِهِ مِنَ الْمُفَسِّرِينَ فِي قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَ فِيهَا يُفْرَقُ كُلُّ أَمْرٍ حَكِيمٍ Surah <laughs> 
يا مغرورا بطول الامل يا مسرورا بسوء العمل كن من الموت على وجل فما تدري متى يهجم الاجل he has really beautiful expressions subhanallah he says it's narrated from ikrama and others from the scholars of tafsir in relation to the verse where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in it all uh, all things are made are, are laid out basically that it is the night of the middle of shaban but the majority opinion is that that is said in relation to the night of Laylatul Qadr, and that is the correct opinion. Ata bin Yasar, as we mentioned earlier from the scholars of the Tabi'een, he said, when the night of the middle of Shaban comes, the angel of death is given a list, and it's said to him, take everyone on this list. And he said, a servant may be planting a tree, or they might be getting married, or they might be building a, beauty, uh, building a building, but their name was already put in the list of those who are meant to pass away in that year. And so he, they're just waiting for the command to go to the angel of death, at which point the angel of death will take that person's life. He says, so, O oh, you who is deceived by their long desires, and O oh, you who is uh, pleased with their bad deeds, then beware of death, because you do not know when your time will come. قال بعض السلف كم من مستقبل يوم لا يستكمله ومن مؤمل غدا لا يدركه إنكم لو رأيتم الأجل ومسيره لأبغضتم الأمل وغروره رضي الله تعالى عنه ونفعنا الله بعلمه He said some of the salaf they said some of the early Muslims they said how many people look to tomorrow and they don't reach it and how many people hope for something in the future and they never accomplish it if you saw the reality of your day when it's when when your time comes and what it's going to go to then you would hate long desires and their deceptions you would hate long desires and their deceptions hada wa sallallahu wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to put our reading as a act of worship um, many of the scholars actually they held the opinion Abu Hanifa Malik held the opinion that seeking knowledge is better than extra prayer so may our seeking of knowledge be considered an act of worship that is rewarded on this blessed night may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to do good and sound worship that is strong and meaningful and and as a means by which we can purify our hearts and we can attain the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this blessed night we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us to forgive us to give us good in this life and the next. And I humbly request from my dear brothers and sisters that you remember me and my family and my children and my loved ones and my parents and my ancestors in your du'as and that you also importantly remember uh, the beautiful brothers and sisters of, uh, of, of our community, our second family in your du'as as well and remember each other May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and may we turn to him and may he turn to us and may it be a beautiful and wonderful night full of blessings and gifts. Allahumma ameen. Sallallahu wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.